I, I really love getting to tell, to, to just talk about the things of the Lord. Like, it is absolutely my favorite thing to do, uh, besides taking cold showers at the end of the day. And I'm going to start off tonight with a story. So, it was about a month ago, and it was my birthday. And my friends were like, hey, Tara, it's your birthday. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go eat? And I thought, hmm, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Taco Schmell. No, I didn't think that. You know where I chose? I chose the best place. Well, I didn't know it was the best. I see this sign all the time when I leave town. And it's uh, a big sign on the side of the road. And it says, the best steaks in the world. Loake Steakhouse. Now, I want you to know, I have lived in San Angelo for nine years. And I have never been to Loake Steakhouse. I don't even know where Loake is, all right? And some of my friends are like, hey, Terry, where do you want to go for your birthday? You know what I said? Loake Steakhouse. Y'all, I tore it up. We ordered the KC for six, which I still don't know what the KC stands for. Okay, the KC for three, okay? They brought out the biggest platter of meat I've ever seen in my life. And they served this buttered Texas toast. And um, I think there was a salad bar. I don't recall eating salad. I ate something else. What did I eat besides steak and bread? Potatoes of some sort. Oh, my gosh. And they had this jalapeno ranch. Y'all, I ate like a filthy animal at my birthday dinner. And I did not feel the least bit bad about it because I was throwing down. So I ate about five pounds of steak. Could barely walk out to the truck afterwards. Could barely, we went bowling afterwards. Stupid idea, man. I've got like 10 pounds of Texas toast in my gut and about 20 pounds of steak. And I'm like, <laughs> And I don't even care because I'm like in a steak coma. Listen, when you're broke, you know what you eat? Carbs. Mac and cheese, spaghetti without meat, just a jar of sauce. Carbs, the cheap stuff. You know what I'm saying? So if someone's going to take me out for dinner, I all of a sudden become this carnivorous wrecker. <laughs> I don't even like meat. But somehow, when someone's like, Tara, what do you want to eat? Uh, steak, chicken, steak, sure, let's grill out. Fantastic. Right? Because I'm like a bear going into hibernation. I'm like stocking up. Because it's not going to be my birthday for another year, Right? And so I'm totally stocking up because I don't know when I'm going to get another good meal, right? So, point of the story is this. No one, when they have the opportunity for a free meal, says, yeah, I'd like to go to McDonald's for a hamburger. There's a reason that stuff is a dollar on the value menu. There ain't much value in that thing that you're eating. I don't even think it's a real hamburger. But nobody, when given the opportunity chooses less than what they really want. Is that true? Would y'all agree with that? If you're buying your own dinner, small meal, right? Small combo. Y'all take the small fries, small drink, I'll just get up and get refills, right? If someone's buying your meal and you're like, yeah, you can upsize that baby. Oh, can I get an extra side of eight nuggets? A little hungry. Worked up an appetite today, right? Nobody ever, when it's your choice and you have the opportunity no one ever settles for less. Unless your name is Esau. We're in Genesis 25, starting in verse 29. Once, when Jacob was cooking stew, 
By the way, this smells disgusting. Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. Everyone say exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew. For I am exhausted. Exclamation point. Therefore, his name is called Edom. I have no idea what that's in there for. But it's important. It's God's word. It's very important. Okay. Uh, Moving along, Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. Dun, dun, dun. Typical conversation between two brothers, right? Hey, brother, can I get a piece of that? Give me $5, right? We can go get a whole bucket of whatever for five bucks, whatever. Esau said, I'm about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Ho-hum, woe is me. Case sirrah, sirrah. YOLO. If YOLO were back in the day, Jacob and Esau, Esau would have been like, YOLO, that's right, you can have my birthright. <laughs> Jacob said, classic brother moment, swear to me now. <laughs> Anyone ever had a conversation like that with a brother or sister? It's not just enough to say like, some of your birthright promised me, swear to me now. Esau's like, YOLO, dude, no problem. Back it up. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. I'm just wondering, like, was it monopoly money, pennies? I, I'm just curious, like, how much did he sell it for? I, I don't know. Did they write a contract, Snapchat it, put it on their story? I don't know. I'm just saying, uh, I'm curious the details here, but we'll move along. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. No. I wish y'all could smell what I smell up here. I'm starting to feel nauseous. Then, ooh, I just wafted real bad. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Just like that. Doesn't say he savored it. He took his time. He inhaled the aroma. His taste buds were salivating. He packed them away in his pocket for later. Said he ate, he rose, and he went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Despised, according to Webster.com, means this, to dislike something or someone very much. Anyone ever despised a sibling in here? Don't raise your hand if they're in here. Yikes, terrible question to ask. I'm sorry, put it down. A birthright. Here's what a birthright is. In Bible times, a birthright was a very important and sacred thing. It belonged to the firstborn. It was the family name and the titles and the land and the money. Esau failed to appreciate the value and sacredness of his birthright. He had a lack of respect and reverence. He exchanged, don't miss this, he exchanged temporary pleasure for eternal inheritance. My question for you tonight is how many of you, that's your story? Because if we're being honest, a lot of us are walking around with a bowl of stew saying, oh yeah, look at me. I've got it made. And you have no idea what you've thrown away in exchange for temporary satisfaction. Esau was exhausted. 
was tired. Jacob had what Esau wanted, and Esau was willing to give up something so sacred and important to his life and to his name and to his family that he exchanged it for a bowl of beans. Inheritance. This idea of what is ours as children of God, if you've asked Jesus to live in your heart forever and ever and to forgive you, and you've repented of your sins, you have an inheritance as a child of God. I'm not talking stock exchange. I'm not talking the cash deposit. Okay, don't work like that in God's kingdom. I'm talking like God has great things that he wants to give you. But the problem is, it's like the ultimate steak dinner, but better. But for analogy purposes, it's like God is trying to hook you up with a platter of the most delicious steak, and you walking around with your cheesy, non-cheesy, fake hamburger. You've exchanged something important for something less. We give up what we want most for what we want now. Your generation, you can have dinner cooked in three and a half minutes in a microwave. Let it sit for two. Be careful when peeling back the cover. A steam can burn you. Anyone with me? You have instant communication. You know, when I got my first cell phone in college, after I graduated from high school and my parents gave me a bicycle, I rode my bike three miles after saving up for three months to buy my first cell phone. It was a flip phone, probably a Motorola, whatever. Okay? Your age and generation, all y'all got cell phones. You got iPhones, you got George, you got... I don't even know what you have, but you have it all, and it's instant communication, it's instant gratification. You can know instantly what your friend is doing via Snapchat without ever seeing them. Instant gratification. Luke 12, speaking of inheritance, it says this. Luke 12:32 Fear not little flock That's you. I don't care how many followers you got. You part of the little flock. Get your head out of the clouds. We in the little flock. That's not capital F. That's a little F. Little flock. And sheep poop and sheep smell. Let me just drop it down a little bit. Little flock. Fear not little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. But see, the problem is, y'all walking around with a bowl of beans like this. You're like, "Mm, I'm okay, my life is great. Look at how many friends I have, look how many followers I have. It's not a big deal. Oh, I love that song. I love Jake's new song, it's awesome. Oh, I don't listen to the words. It's not a big deal what music I listen to. Yes, it is. Because you've exchanged. God is trying to give you the kingdom and you walk around with a nasty bowl of beans. You're the one getting punked. You're the one getting ripped off. You're the one eating a McDonald's hamburger for your birthday instead of steak. I'm just saying. The Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Little flock. Little flocklings. Yeah, that's a fun word. I could get dangerous. I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> One time I accidentally cussed in the sermon. <laughs> it was at camp and it was recorded. <laughs> but guess what? They asked me back to speak again. So, <laughs> yo. <laughs> oh, let me keep tracking here. 
Hebrews 12.16 says this. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 14. I was distracted by my own, my own self. Hebrews 12, 14. Strive for peace with everyone. Ouch. That's a gut puncher. Really? Like, I'd rather just shut my door and be like, whatever, y'all skip you. <laughs> See, that's a hard thing about reading this, man. It just... It is not comforting. This is not hallmark for the soul. <laughs> Strive. <laughs> I, the more y'all laugh, the more you encourage me. I'm totally off. Here we go. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. Another translation says that Esau was godless. You know what? For being honest, I think that's a lot of us in here. I see your Instagrams. I see your Snapchats. I've watched you all year. And the funny thing is, is when you leave St. Angelo, you're on fire for the Lord. You're things of the Lord, posting verses, encouraging each other. And as the weeks pass by, as the calendar flips, you know what it becomes? All about you. Look at me. Look at my followers. Terrible pictures on your Instagram. Terrible clothes that you're wearing. Terrible songs that you're listening to. You've exchanged what the Father wants to give you, a little flock, for a bowl of beans. Your Snapchat is a bowl of beans. Your Instagram is a bowl of beans. Your Twitter, your Facebook, your friends, your accomplishments, your good grades, the way that you've not done certain bad things, your self-righteousness, The way you say, look at me because I go to church, it's a bowl of nasty beans. And you've exchanged, you've exchanged a lot for a bowl of beans. I don't even think you know what you're missing out. None of us really do until we've tasted and seen. Esau was described as having lived a godless life. Are we hungry for a blessing or hungry for beans? Esau, exhausted. Esau, tired. Esau saw what Jacob had and he wanted it. Sound familiar to anyone? Oh, I wish I was cool like so-and-so. I wish I was popular like so-and-so. I wish I had ten best friends like so-and-so. I wish more people loved me. I wish more people liked me. I wish more people followed me. Me, 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 me. It's a bowl of beads. Temporarily satisfies, but it goes away. Esau had no idea what he exchanged because he was so distracted by the here and now. And I get it. 
I was once your age. I get how hard it is. You live in a culture and a society that says it's all about you. Every day, one million selfies are taken. And you know what? Your duck lips and your cute poses and your dads are a bowl of beans. If we're being honest. It doesn't satisfy. Because at the end of the day, you will never be enough. You are never enough outside of Jesus Christ. It's a bowl of beans. Y'all. little flock. It's a bowl of beans. And we're walking around like we're the richest kids in the world and like we have it all. But you don't because you've been punked by the enemy. You care more about your dabbing and your dance moves than you do worshiping God. You care more about Pokemon Go and let's go find these ridiculous critters than you do about going and telling the world who Jesus is. There are lives that hang in a balance every second someone dies and they don't know Jesus and they will spend forever and ever eternally separated from God. That should keep you awake at night. But it doesn't. You know what keeps you awake? Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, games on the phone, Pokemon Go. I was trying to chill at the lake last night. I was having a conversation with God. It went something like this. Hey, God, I don't know if you forgot me, but this isn't working out, and I need your help. But it got interrupted. You know why? Because there were people at 2 o'clock in the morning playing Pokemon Go. And they pulled up right next to my car like I found some Pikachu or something. No, man, go away. Take your beans away. Because at some point you wake up and you realize that you're not enough and it won't be enough. And when we stand face to face before Jesus Christ, your duck lips won't save you. And your dad won't save you. And I don't care what level you get to on your game or your social media or in your sphere of friends, it won't save you. Bowl of beans. Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Good pleasure. He wants to hook you up. The God of the universe, the one and only true God, the big G, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who owns entire galaxies, the one who breathes stars, the one who knows every detail of your life, whether you like it or not. He wants to hook you up. But you're too busy with your own beans. I'm good. I love my beans. When deep down inside you're crying out for me. I know you are. Because that used to be me. You were created for more. You were created to walk with God. You were created to hear the voice of God. You were created to worship God. You were created to go light your world on fire. But no one sees Jesus in the day. No one sees Jesus in bowls of beans. Jesus? Jesus didn't take the bowl and he didn't sell his birthright. Instead, he fully embraced his birthright, which was to go and to die on the cross for you. He could have taken the beans. He could have climbed off the cross. He could have said, hey, Father, not a good day. You know, I think I've changed my mind. Why don't you send someone else? But he refused to settle. He refused to take the beans. He refused to sell his birthright. Instead, he embraced it and he paid it all. 
Not so that you can be satisfied with the bowl of beans. So that you can have more. So that you can have the kingdom of God. Full access to the big G. Look at this picture. That looks better than how Jesus really looked. Do you see that? Look at that. The Bible says that they literally beat Jesus up so bad you couldn't recognize him. They pulled the hair. I'm in the season of plucking at my age, okay? I get like these random unicorn hairs and I have to pluck and it hurts. I cry. I'm going to get waxed Friday and I'm going to cry. But it says that when Jesus was dying on the cross that they literally ripped the hair out of his face. And they took a ball that was made of leather and it had bone and metal fragments on it. It was called a flagellum. And they, they attached it to a whip and, and they would beat him again and again. And, and the bones and the metals would stick in his back and it would literally rip chunks of flesh off of his back. He did that so he can die? Oh, man. You think he paid that price so that you could see how many followers you get on Instagram? They mocked him, they spit on him, they made fun of him. And he did that because he loves you. Because it's more than a bowl of beans. He wants to give you the kingdom. He wants to save you. Those of you in this room who have never believed in Jesus Christ, if you were the only person on the earth, he would have died for you. Because here's the deal. God created humans to live with. I got a dog because I wanted a dog. If I wanted a pet that swam, I would have got a fish. How foolish of me to get a dog and show him in a glass bowl and say, Swim, swim, sweet boy. Man, do you know why God created you? Because he loves you. He wants you. You're not some accident. You're not some cosmic explosion between two planets colliding together. He said, dang, I want a Jacob Owens, and so I'm going to create him. And I'm going to make him really, really good. And shockingly, I know God wanted a Larry Owens. And God wanted a Rocky. And God wanted a Crazy D. And God wanted a Sarah. And unbeknownst to me, God wanted me. And it's not so that I could follow a set of rules. It's so that I could walk with him and enjoy his pleasure and his presence. The bowl of beans will never satisfy your bowl of beans will never save you. Jesus. <laughs> he didn't. He paid a very high price, y'all. We don't even understand how high the price he paid. But he did it because he loves you. He created you for greatness. God created us and then we screwed it up. We jacked it up. And we started getting selfish and prideful, and we did our own thing. And we said, no, thanks, God. I'm going to come over here and dab and enjoy my bowl of beans because it's better than what you've got. It's a lie. You've been pumped by the enemy of your soul. There is far more than a bowl of beans for y'all. But you have to make the choice. But see, when sin entered the world, God could have thrown it all away and squished up the world like, what? Done. No, thank you. But he didn't. Because God doesn't have a plan B. His plan A the whole time was to give his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. Jesus didn't pay a high price on the cross so that you could be addicted to yourself. 
get over yourself. You're not God. You never will be. Jesus didn't pay a high price on the cross so that you could struggle with sin. Man, conquer that thing. Smash that thing. Jesus didn't die on the cross so, so that you could just live your life on a bowl of beans. Esau was described as living a godless life. That's scary. I don't want to live a godless life. I don't want a bowl of beans. I don't want fake hamburgers. I don't want to be the God of my own universe. And sometimes that takes me looking in a mirror and me looking at this picture and saying, my God, I'm so sorry. You alone are God. You alone are good. What kind of life are you living? What's your story? For some, your story would appear as so-and-so, living a godless life. Telling you, the Father, He wants to hook you up. He wants to raise you up to be warriors, world changers. But you will never change the world dabbing in your bowl of beans. So here's what we're going to do. Everyone close your eyes.